Hey, how's it going? The Gil Cam Run Show. Episode 27 is here. It's Thursday night, so I'm sitting down and I'm just going to talk. And apparently I'm just going to talk stream of consciousness because that's what I'm doing. I still don't have anything to edit this properly with. Just get, you know, uh, cut in, cut out, and there's a little splice in the middle. But you don't even notice that because it just the camera stops recording at some point and then picks up another file to see either neither here nor there so this is all stream of consciousness and it's just me doing like every now and then I'll have like ideas of things that I want to talk about and then you know I'll go from there so I have been not running much at all because I have the Roxbury Marathon on Saturday I have the Christopher Martin's 5k road race I think it's the Christopher Martin's holiday run for children or something like that on Sunday um I'm not really planning on doing much there, although last year I was planning on doing much. I still was like at a reasonable 24 minute 5k uh, the day after running uh, probably one of the toughest marathons that I've run. Um, Roxbury is a very challenging course and I have the hiccups. Um, so probably for my lunch it was a lot of pickled eggplant and some roasted peppers and onions and some cheese on Italian bread. That was my lunch. Um, but uh, anyway, so I have Roxbury coming up. It's a very difficult, challenging course. I've talked to you about that. Um, the out and back is pretty tame, but then the five loops to end it. So five loops or six loops, I don't remember. I think it's five loops. The five loops to end it are pretty tough. Uh, there's, it's rolling hills, it's Litchfield, it's the, it's the, you know, Roxbury, Litchfield Hills area of Connecticut. Um, so there isn't a lot of flat out there. <laughs> and it is a very, very tough course. Uh, we will be aided by the fact that this year it won't be like 20 degrees. Uh, and I think it was actually like, what, 19? at race start last year, the year before, which I was not running marathons at the time, the year before it actually snowed. Um, and now I have run, uh, while well, I ran an ultra marathon, I, run a, I ran a 50K in a snowstorm. So I've been there, I've done that. But um, yeah, so it snowed, Roxbury snowed, and you know, that was tough. And looks like we're gonna have very mild fall-like conditions, early fall-like conditions for New England uh, come Saturday, and it is definitely late fall. Winter is about to start, and we have not had very many wintry days. We've had a few cold days, and they went away. So, who knows what's going to happen. I imagine we're going to pay for it later in the season. Um, but, you know, that's just the way it works. Uh, you know, people, oh, nice weather now, and they're not thinking about the fact that it shouldn't be like this now. It should be colder, and it's not. And so we're probably, nature tries to make up for that, usually. So we're probably, because nature's trying to find a balance, and we're trying to knock it out of balance. It's like a gyroscope, right? So at first, when you're just giving it little taps, I don't know if you ever played with a gyroscope, but everything's running so smoothly, if you just give it little taps, it generally corrects itself. It has to, you know, wobble a little bit, but it corrects itself. Over time, as it starts to slow down anyway, if you give it a tap, it'll really get out of whack and it may not recover. 
So what'll, what's happening right now is you're getting these little fluctuations of what's normal, right? And they're getting bigger, okay? We actually, that idiot that's from Texas, that, I mean, he is just, I'm sorry, he may have went to Harvard, whatever, he's a moron. How he got into Harvard, obviously he got good grades through hard work because he is either the most cynically uh, pretending to be stupid person on the face of the planet and just being obtuse about everything, or he is just that dumb that he's having hearings on global warming, which should properly be called climate change. All right, the theory is actually called climate change. And, you know, he says things, oh, they need to follow, you know, the evidence. Well, the evidence says that it's happening, okay? It's not some conspiracy. It's not a preponderance of the world's scientists in the subject matter. And by preponderance in the subject matter, like 99% of them are saying, this is what the evidence is telling us is happening. And just a few plucky billionaires fighting them. That's not what's happening here. It just absolutely not. The fact is, is that you start off, and there was always a little wobble, right? Because there is, there's a little wobble in the earth, and there's a little wobble in the systems of the earth, okay? So you get this little wobble. And then we come along, and we make a little bit more of a wobble. Okay, so sometimes things are normal, sometimes they're out of whack one way, sometimes they're out of whack the other way. Okay, as we're making things worse, the wobble's getting a little bit bigger. It's not, now you can look and see, okay, every year it gets warmer. And it hasn't slowed down. If you cherry pick the data, you start at a certain point, it looks like it's slowed down, but it hasn't. It hasn't slowed down, it hasn't stopped, it hasn't reversed. It is a trend that has been happening. The reason things are called theories is because there is a preponderance of evidence to back it up. Okay? Theory is not a hypothesis. You are not postulating an opinion and looking for evidence. A theory has been proven time and again through scientific, the scientific method through those ways and means in repeatable circumstances. So you can repeat the instance of the experiment and get the same result. That is how you determine what is a theory. Once you've done it enough times, it's as close to a fact as we can get. Okay. That is where we are at with any theory. Theories tend to have a lot of evidence backing them up. Just because you don't want to accept them or you don't understand it doesn't make it less true. So, anyway, Senator Jackass is out there and he's um, wasting lots of money grandstanding. Lots of taxpayer money grandstanding because he's making lots of money by lobbying groups that want to support him because he fights so much against it. But the fact is, the wobble was there. It was a little wobble, and we've made it a bigger wobble. It will continue to wobble, and hopefully uh, we will stop it before we actually knock the whole thing over and um, destroy our chances for life as we know it on this planet. Because here's the thing, right? The Earth is going to endure. 
as long as we don't actually physically blow it up, which we are capable of doing, believe it or not, um, and I'm sure that there are people out there stupid enough to do that, because we really do have some assholes on this planet. But uh, the thing is, the Earth will survive. It's humanity that will not. They will kick us off. Some species will survive, probably most of the ones that have survived in the past. Your cockroaches, your sharks, your crocodilians, creatures like that most likely will survive. Um, and not the apex predator sharks, but the, you know, lower down the food chain sharks. There are sharks out there that are lower down the food chain. Um, but most of your apex predators will go away. They're usually your, your most visible, you know, your large herd animals, things like that. They're all going to die, including human beings. We are the apex predator on the planet. Um, but like any predator, we are vulnerable, but we go out of our ways to make ourselves not vulnerable, which causes the problems that we have. I'm sorry, it's a fact of life. A hippo can kill you. That doesn't mean you go out and kill all the hippos. A lion can kill you. That means you don't go out and kill all the lions. A wolf can kill you. It doesn't mean you go out and kill all the wolves. We have to share the planet. Unfortunately, that means that sometimes other animals will use us for food. That is the way it works. If we don't want that to happen, then what we need to do is completely insulate ourselves from nature. The only way to do that, basically, is to move to another planet. You know, fact is, sometimes a mountain lion is going to kill somebody. It doesn't give us carte blanche to go out and kill all the mountain lions. It doesn't give us carte blanche to go out and kill all the sharks because someone got attacked by sharks. Um, that is just the way nature works. Okay, nature's kind of a dick. It doesn't really care like humans do. Um, and that's okay. All right. I'm still going to say, I don't need to eat an animal, so I don't want to eat an animal. If an animal ends up eating me, oh well, it's kind of my fault for being in their way. I'm okay with that, though. Because while an animal can think and feel and all that stuff, it doesn't have the higher end, you know, uh, you know a cougar doesn't sit there and think, well, you know, I could eat these plants and survive, Maybe I'll spare that deer over there. They don't think that way. Okay? They don't have agriculture. <laughs> they don't have, you know, homesteading. They don't do these things. They are hunters. They are not, um, well, hunter-gatherers, agriculturalists, whatever. Okay? The fact of the matter is we don't need the meat, so why should we use it? But the other animals... You know, they're, 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 they're more advanced than we think that they are, um, you know, in general. But they're not of the higher order thinking that we are. So we, uh, you know, have to give them a pass on things, and we don't. We anthropomorphize everything. We always hold everything else up to our standards, but then... When we want to do something that is generally something we consider beneath humanity, we, oh, well, that's just our nature, right? We do that all the time. I, I don't get it. I don't understand how or why we do that. 
Um, but we do that. It's it's very disconcerting, and and I don't understand uh, how or why we do that. Um, why we rationalize the way that we do. Um, I guess it's to make ourselves feel better about bad choices or whatever. But, um, you know, that's just the way things are. So, that being said, I've been on a thing with that uh, today, I guess. Um, so I've just been putting a mile in every day this week. And I keep saying I'm going to slow down, I'm going to slow down. And the best I've been able to do is eight minutes. And I really need to go slower than that. I need to be, you know, on Saturday I want to pace myself around nine minute miles. I want to do four hours, you know, or just under four hours. I don't want to go out too fast and I worry that I will. So I really need to, uh, hopefully tomorrow I will be able to do that. I'm doing mile every day when I don't normally do it because I am partaking in the streaking challenge. Some people have had to drop out due to injury or being too busy or not feeling up to doing it. So they have become the hot chocolate club and uh, they sit there and encourage us by being discouraging and trying to get us to join the hot chocolate club. Um, and I keep telling them the hot chocolate tastes better on January 1st, after you've done your final run. Makes the hot chocolate that much better. Uh, but they don't listen to me. So, and some people get injured and, you know, there's no shame in that. If you really, you know, it's better to be able to run in the long term than risk a massive injury just to, you know, do a silly challenge like this. So, you know, I wish everyone the best of luck and the folks that have had to drop out so far, I'm very sorry. And, uh, you know, you can drink all the hot chocolate for now. I will save mine for January 1st. It's not to say that I actually haven't had the hot chocolate because mom had to buy hot chocolate the other day, so I had to try it. I do love all things chocolate. It's part of the reason why I run, um, but not part of the club, just doing that. So um, so we're two weeks in. we got three weeks to go, two weeks until Christmas. <sighs> the holidays are upon us. We're in the middle of Hanukkah. Christmas is just around the corner. Kwanzaa, Festivus, it's all coming up. So, everyone enjoy your holiday, whatever your holiday is. If your holiday's already passed, hey, I hope you enjoyed it. If your holiday's still to come, enjoy it, have fun. So, new year coming right up. 2016 will be here before we know it. Seems like I was just saying that about 2015, but not on this because I started this in 2015. But, um, yeah, no, I'm going to... You know, I'm not going to make any promises, set any goals about running for next year as far as distance. All I want to do, if I can, is a sub-20 minute 5K. Just to see. That's the only goal that I set. And it's a soft goal. Because an under-20 minute 5K is actually a really tall order. Um, my fastest so far is like a 230, or a 2230. So I'm taking two and a half minutes off of five kilometers, 3.1 miles. So that means I'm taking 150 seconds, so 50 seconds per mile faster. That's a big jump, 50 sec seconds per mile. So, you know, 
actually it's a little more than 50 seconds per mile. Um, that's a very tall order that's asking a lot. So we will see what happens. But I feel if I focus on speed over endurance, uh, I might be able to do it. I uh, still plan on running a maintenance long run once every three weeks or so, uh, 20 to 22 miles once every three weeks after Roxbury, just to keep myself going so that if I want to run a marathon, I can, um, without having to really prep for it and everything. So we'll see how that goes. We'll see what happens. Uh, other than that, you know, I just want to take it easy. I want to enjoy my year. I want to enjoy running. And I don't know what's going to happen this year. I actually just applied for a job in Bari, Italy as an English teacher. Um, I was waiting until I actually had the application in before I said anything. Uh, it took a little doing to get it all together. Um, but I had to put it together. Uh, and uh, got it together. A couple people helped me out because I need recommendations about what a great teacher I will be. And luckily I know a lot of great teachers who are able to give me great recommendations. So I got that all together, sent it out, and I'm waiting to hear back. I actually just sent it out today, Thursday, so I sent it out yesterday. So hopefully I hear back soon and I hear back positively and then I will be moving, uh, you know, middle of the year or so I would be moving to uh, Italy as their school year starts um, September but they end up hiring now uh, I don't know if they would want me earlier or not we would have to see so uh, we would see what happens uh, with that and hopefully you know hopefully it's a positive result uh, I need to find something I need to find a job I need to find it somewhere I don't care where really but uh, I do need to do something. So I don't really want to plan out races because I don't know where I'm going to be. I don't know what I'm going to be doing. So I don't know what I'm going to be capable of. Uh, I don't know where I'm going to be capable of being at what time and whatever. So just have to wait and see. Uh, you know, and then so that's it. You know, I'm, I'm in a state of flux right now. I have a little bit of uncertainty. So I'm just kind of taking it as it comes. Uh, certainly don't want to plan on any marathons or anything because, you know, they're the most expensive races, generally speaking. You can't find some more expensive halves, uh, you know. But for the most part, you, you know, a marathon is usually $30, $40, $50 more than a half. And then, you know, you're talking a lot more than most of your 5Ks and stuff like that. So... I'll make a decision on what I'm running and when I'm running it, when I know where I'm going to be, when I'm going to be there. Until then, I just got to keep myself motivated, keep myself running, which is a new thing for me. It's been a couple years since I've just been out running as a thing to do without any races to keep me up, to keep me going. And I just don't have anything planned after Christopher Martin's this weekend, and I don't plan on coming up with anything after Christopher Martin's. If I'm here in January, late in January, I have to, actually, I don't think I can help. Well, I'll see what's going on because my, uh, my nephew, my godson's first birthday is the same day as one of my club's races. 
and so I need to see where I need to be and, and when I need to be there because obviously my godson's birthday is more important than the race. No offense, guys, um, but, you know, it is my godson. And I know it's not that long to volunteer, but, you know, if, if my sister needs me to help out in the morning, then I'm going to help them out in the morning. So, have to wait, have to see. That's just where I'm at. Everything is wait and see for me right now. It's not the most exciting thing in the world now, is it? Uh, so it's very difficult to keep focus. I've noticed during the week, just doing a mile and everything, I don't have time to think while I run. And so I've been very lazy about my posts. I've been lazy about, uh, you know, just keeping my mind active, uh, you know, because I don't know, it's so distracting. And honestly, I've been busy and I don't think anyone wants to hear about all the work that I do around my house. Today, I, did, I installed the sump pump. I put a piece of plywood in the screen door that uh, is at the bottom of the, of, the, of the bilco or hatchway, depending on where you're from in America. You don't really do hatchways in uh, the rest of the world. You guys generally have like actual entrances to the basement of your house. If you have a basement or a root cellar, in the U.S. we have these slanted steel doors, uh, a company called Bilco, which is actually a New Haven company. It's right down the road from me. Uh, people say, oh, they're a West Haven company. Ah, Bilco moved back into New Haven. They're no longer being done in uh, West Haven. Well, they may still be in West Haven for now, but they did announce that they are moving everything back into New Haven. Um, and we use them all over... Uh, the United States, these, these steel doors, they'll say Bilco on them. I think there are a couple other companies that make them, but for the most part, it's Bilco. Um, and they are a local company for me. We actually used to have lots of steel and iron uh, stuff around here, lots of cast and different uh, ironworks in the area. Uh, there's a lot of manhole covers in this country. As you go around, you'll see that they were actually done in New Haven, Connecticut, or Waterbury, or Bridgeport. It used to be, you know, big business around here, but not anymore. Um, so, but we sat there, and um, and at the bottom of the stairs, there's, there was always a screen door there, and, and Grandpa had a screen insert, and he had a glass insert to put in there during the winter time, and he had a system to, to latch it in. And during the fire, or after the fire, I should say, all that stuff ended up getting thrown out by whomever. I don't know. I don't really care at this point. It happened. It's all gone. So um, what I did today was I just bought a piece of plywood and trimmed it so it would fit in there and closed the whole thing up. Because we don't really need a screen or a, uh, or a uh, glass door in there. Uh, because the basement's fully climate controlled now, so it can just stay shut, uh, except for when you let things in and out of the basement, as it should be. So it's not a big deal, and that's that. Or if you want to get light down there, you know, whatever. Uh, then also I put a shelf in my side entranceway. We have kind of a pantry area, and it was missing one shelf down at the bottom because the the uprights, the verticals for the shelving unit didn't go that far down. So I bought extra and hung them up and did everything and it's nice now. So that's done. And uh, um, I also put together a shelving unit 
at the bottom of uh, or in the basement a nice big shelving unit for everyone to store crap on and that's that and then you know we have storage now a little bit of storage and we'll get more as we add on uh, get more units in there because we are sorely lacking storage downstairs so that's kind of a thing um, you know so it's getting there we're getting there trying to get this house completed so I can feel good about you know wherever I end up if I end up in Italy or wherever I know that my family's taken care of you know a lot of people you know disparage uh, have disparaged me in the past uh, things like that but you know I do I worry about can my family take care of themselves without me around um, it's not that they're not capable but they don't have as much confidence as I do in their abilities to do certain things right I have a confidence that when it comes to a plumbing problem I can take care of it I have a confidence that when it comes to hanging shelves or anything like that that I can get it done that I can get it done looking nice and professional um, you know I have a con because I know that I'll take my time and get it done right um, you know I so much of what I do comes down to confidence not necessarily knowledge but confidence in myself to be able to do it and because if I have a problem if I don't know something I'm not afraid to ask I'm not afraid to look for an answer and take my time to get the right answer um, you know and that's that's a big thing you have to be willing to say I don't know something and a lot of people don't want to do that they don't want to say I don't know they want to know everything they want to be sure of everything And if they're not sure of it then they don't want to be bothered but uh, I don't know because they don't want to be reminded that they're limited I, I don't know but the fact is, is that if you don't know something the best way to figure out how to do it is to ask I either ask the right person or ask the right you know website um, you have to make sure that you get the right information that's one of the big things uh, with the internet it's a lot of people look things up and they fall victim to confirmation bias when it comes to information on you know opinions and thoughts that they're having uh, the other problem that they have is when they're looking for advice they don't tend to check for uh, corroborating evidence for you know to make sure you know look at reviews of what people have said about that advice and things like that it's very important that when you're looking if you're doing something that you're, you've never done before you need directions on it you're not sure what you're doing make sure you read comments make sure you read ratings make sure that you pay attention to where you are what you're reading and you know does it make sense and if you're not a hundred percent sure find somebody and ask them um, you know because there is bad advice out there or there is advice that's not applicable to your situation because things are slightly different for you so you always have to check and make sure 
Um, and one of the most important things you can do, particularly when you're doing work on your house, I'm bleeding for some reason. One of the most, it's what's distracting me. My finger just started bleeding, like right at the nail or whatever. So, um, anyway, hopefully it'll stop now. Um, we don't have a coagulant in our spit like dogs, but sometimes that works. So, um, what was I going to say? Saliva, I should say. But, um, so when you're doing stuff on your home, if you're not 100% sure on the advice that's being given for the repair or whatever, check your local building codes. They won't necessarily tell you if the repair is proper or not, but if one of the suggestions is something that's against your local building code, you know not to do it, right? So, um, you know, you can, and certainly if you go to a store that specializes, we'll say that, in whatever repair you're doing, you know, if, um, then you can usually find someone there that's going to have some knowledge. Uh, be careful with the uh, national chain we'll call it home goods department stores. I don't want to say big box stores. I hate that term. Um, but uh, be careful when you're asking for help there. Not everyone that works there is an expert in the area that they're in. Um, you know, people move around the stores and things like that. And they may not necessarily know exactly what they're talking about and so you do need to be careful um, but certainly you can ask someone at a plumbing store they normally will know their plumbing stuff the people working at the counter if it's a younger kid they may not know although they may be in technical school or something like that but generally speaking at your specialized hardware stores in america the person working behind the counter is going to be able to help you out with what it is that you need and usually they will have information pertinent to your particular location. So that is my suggestion. Know where to look, know who to ask, and you can do it. Uh, I firmly believe that all human beings have innate abilities to do things. and. We have a whole lot of I can't in this society worldwide. Uh, and that's, that's the bill of goods that's sold to us. It's sold to us on purpose. Um, you know, it's, it, you have to, in order to sell people products and things and services, you need to break them down. You need to make them believe that they cannot provide these things for themselves. It is inherently negative. Even the stuff that seems positive is still inherently negative. It has to be. They have to say, you can't do this. Let us provide it for you. We're going to give you the best of whatever it is that this is that we're selling. Inherently what that is saying. We have the best of whatever product or goods or services this is.
to provide to you. What that is saying is, you can't do it as good as we can. You can't do it better than we can. Only we can provide this for you at this level. That is what they are saying. Inherently, advertising sells you on the idea that you can't do it, that you're not capable, that you cannot produce things or do the services or create the goods as well as whatever company can. Now, there's some things that are completely made up that absolutely you can't do. You can't really insure yourself, right? Unless you were a billionaire, then theoretically you could insure yourself. You could guarantee, you know, whatever. Okay. But of course, most smart businessmen who are billionaires would never insure themselves. They would get another company to insure them. Um, but the point is, is that real goods, real products, real services, you can do it yourself. You really can. You can study, you can take the time, and you can. I know some very smart people who do very smart things with their lives, who have gone to very smart colleges and everything like that, and have these really big, highfalutin degrees and everything, and they still can get down and dirty and, you know, redo their kitchen or redo their bathroom or fix the car or do whatever, right? Because they have, they, 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 they take their time, they read the proper source materials, they learn how to do it, and then they express their own natural ability to do things. We are doers, we are makers, we are capable. That's what human beings are, right? We're inventors, we're tool makers. That's what we do. And yet we have this whole industry. The entirety of our natural, of our, of, our, of our civilization at this point is unnaturally telling us, that's what I meant to say, is unnaturally telling us that we can't, that we're not capable, that they need to take care of it for you. That's the problem. That's the real problem here. We've had a hundred years plus of advertising, of industry advertising the idea that you aren't capable of doing it. The only thing you're capable maybe of doing is one small step on the assembly line. And the fact is, you know what? You're not even really special in that. I can get anyone off the street to do this job. And they do it more and more with every single job out there. It used to be when I started in communications, when I started getting into radio, you had to get an operator's license. You had to be licensed through the FCC to operate a radio station. I was one of the last people in the United States to get a non-commercial radio operator's license through the FCC. Shortly after I did that, a couple years after, they got rid of the requirement. No longer were required to have an operator's license 
to run a radio station. So when I got into commercial radio, I didn't have to get a commercial operator's license. I didn't have to pass any tests. Luckily, because I had previously had to get a license, I knew how to do everything. I mean, the basic operations of a radio station. I knew how to take readings. I might have had to brush up on the exact equipment that that particular radio station used. But for the most part, I knew how to take readings. I knew when to take readings. I knew that I had to play a legal ID. I knew how to, uh, you know, turn on backup power. I knew how to run an EAS test, uh, which used to be emergency broadcast system, now it's the emergency alert system, EBS, EAS. Um, these are all things I knew how to do because I had to go through and get a non-commercial operator's license. A lot of people coming out of schools now, particularly your uh, broadcasting schools, the for-profit colleges out there, um, they don't know any of this stuff. And they get hired, and then you have to train them, and then they still screw it up. I know I used to train them. Um, most of the people that I trained actually ended up doing very well. But that's because I'm kind of a hard ass about some things. Um, because I do. I, I understand that it's not something that anyone off the street can do. You do need to have a degree of specialization in order to do that stuff. Um, so basically, but they do. They want to, all industry, they want to break it down into an assembly line process and they can plug anybody in and they can do the job. And once again, they're telling you, it doesn't, you know, you don't have any special skills. There's nothing special about you or any other human being. You can only do this one little part in this big complicated thing and we're the only ones that can provide it for you. It's just not true. It's absolutely false. We can. As long as we take our time, as long as we allow ourselves the time, to do the things that we want to do for ourselves. We can learn and we can do it. We are capable. We are smart beings. We've always been smart. And, you know, I, I've said it before, those like ancient alien shows and that crap is a manifestation of that. Well, you know, we can't do these things now. How did they do them then? Because human beings have always been capable. Even when we may not necessarily have the same knowledge, but when we wanted to do something, we found a way to do it. We found a way to get it done. And maybe we didn't always write it down, we didn't always know to write it down. But whenever we came across a problem that we wanted to solve, whether it be for ritualistic reasons, uh, reasons of vanity or practical reasons, we always found a way to get the job done. And yes, there have been plenty of times when human beings have failed at getting the job done. And usually, you know, when it comes to practical things, people ended up pretty dead about it. Um, you know, lost colony of Roanoke. Who knows what happened, but, you know, chances are 
you know, the local native population ended up helping them out a little bit. Uh, but the fact is, is that, you know, every now and then human beings are going to fail. We're not perfect, but we are more than capable of doing the things that we put our minds to doing. We can do it. We have ability. And, you know, all you need is the drive and the right attitude and to be able to get the right knowledge. Once you have the right knowledge, you can do it. So, if you want to learn how to fix the plumbing in your house, there are plenty of books out there, plenty of websites, YouTube channels that are dedicated to it, whatever, and you can learn how to do that stuff, and you can practice, and you can take some time, and you can learn how to do it. Okay, I was fortunate that when I was a kid, I got practice, because I had a grandfather who knew all that stuff, and he enjoyed teaching it to me. So I learned how to do all that stuff. And, you know, then I had other relatives who would teach me other things. And then I was able to learn, because I had basic skills across many of the disciplines, I was able to sit there and read and watch and learn the rest of the skills. And now, when I have a problem and I need to solve it, I know where to find the right information, and then I know, okay, well, this is like doing this, so it's similar, and I can figure this out and get this done this way, okay? There's always, once you have a base of knowledge, then you can build on it more easily. So, we are all smart, capable beings who, you know, generation after generation now, we have been beat down and told that we're not. And that's a lot of the problems now. And everyone can't figure out what their purpose is or what makes them special or whatever. Well, really, there's nothing that makes anyone that special. There are people who excel in certain areas, uh, you know, more than others, simply because they have more focus there, they have more drive there, they have more desire there or whatever. But at the end of the day, we all pretty much have the same set of abilities. The problem is, is that it's not a low set of abilities like modern society would want us to believe between advertising industry and the commercial sector. They want you to believe that you don't have a high level of ability because they want you to be reliant on them for goods and services. They make a lot of money that way. So it stands to reason. But the fact of the matter is that, um, you know, in the long run, they're really harming the psyche of humanity, for one. Uh, but they're just harming us in general, you know, right now. Because a lot of people feel like they're powerless, that they can't do things, that they don't know how to do things, and, and nothing gets done. And, you know, when, they, when something goes wrong, they sit there and they lament because they know how much it's going to cost them. And if they just took some time and relaxed and looked up the right information, all it would cost them is some time and some materials. I mean, I can't make a PVC pipe. If I were to go and get a chemistry degree and all that other stuff, I could figure out how to make PVC and I would need an extruder and everything like that. 
So yes, I need stores to give me certain goods that I need to do things. I'm not going to sit there and hand hew a piece of dimensional lumber to fix my house. Okay, don't get me wrong. If I had to, I could learn how to do it. I don't have to, so I'm not going to do it. I'm willing to give up that part of the process at this point. But, you know, the fact is, is that we are capable beings and we can do things and we should do things. And if you want to feel good about yourself, if you want to feel good about what you're doing, get your hands dirty is what I'm saying, right? Do it. Um, you know, just like running a marathon. You can do it. You can train your body to do it. I don't care what shape you're in. I don't care about any 